Let's get ready for some wheel nerds. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 69. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. Where do babies come from? Well, Chuck, when a mommy and daddy love each other very much, or are bored, or drunk... Have we done this one before? Yes, we have. Okay. I'll just I'll just stick to this. Yeah, we'll go with it. We're back. Yeah, we took a week off for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and apparently I became worse at worst. Hi. Hi. Can we start over? Okay. Hi, I'm Chuck. I'm Todd. Hi, everybody. One week, and I'm like, what happened? Uh, we go have you our- forgotten this show? God, if we go on break, <laughs> we'll all die. We'll forget where the microphone is. We'll lose it. <laughs> I'm gonna find you out. I'm gonna find you out in the street eating eating cold beef stew from a can with a newspaper over your head. That's different from now. How? Well, you have the newspaper over your head. <laughs> I like cold beef stew from a can. You dinty more. You put your spoon in it, it sticks straight up. You know the dinty more. If you eat it cold, all the fat's congealed in it. It's extra tasty. Tasty. I think you paid no attention whatsoever to what Arrow was saying. <laughs> My bar is very low. Mm-hmm. Listeners were mad they, that we didn't post do do a show. So yep, and they, they're not paying us to just listen to us make. Wait, huh? I don't know. They're not paying us at all. Damn you, listeners! So first off, tonight I was visited. Tooth fairy? No, worse. Think more diabolical. My ex girlfriend from high school? Not quite that diabolical. Uh, I give up. The nefarious cat burglar came to my house. The cat burglar? That fiend! No! Yes, he came and he stole the cats out of the Ural. Why? What? Indignity! I know! Injustice! It's terrible. I've got some spares in the garage. You want me to go give them to you? No. We can hook them up right now. He took them off and he drank some of my beer and then he replaced the exhaust back on with them gone. And so the exhausts are mounted further forward right now. Okay, wait. So this guy broke into your house, uh-huh. pulled the cats off of your bike, yes. put the exhaust back on, uh-huh. and then left. He actually, it looks like he had to modify the exhaust hangers, too, to make it fit properly. Oh, obviously, because, you know. Yeah. And he, I, I'm surely he did this so that you wouldn't notice the theft right away. I think so. I think he's, he's just that fiendish. Wow. That clever. Because you see, Chuck, it is illegal to modify exhaust systems on a motorcycle in such a way that you mess with any of their emission stuff. That's true. This is a real problem in a car when you have a catalytic converter because a catalytic converter in a car has all sorts of important chemicals like platinum and fancy stuff. And basically it actually does clean up the exhaust. Right. Conversely, in the Ural, it is a sandwich of waffly metal made of steel, <laughs> which clogs. It simulates a catalytic converter. By making it run worse. Yes. <laughs> yes. Whereas a catalytic converter in a car might actually make it run better. And whereas in a car, catalytic converter theft is a real thing. It's totally a real thing. They're yeah. gone. He stole them. I, I, I've told the story before on the show of, of my neighbor who had his cats stolen right off the underside of his jacked mm-hmm. up truck. Yep. This one was <laughs> right out of the Ural. But so the nice thing is now the rear wheel is a lot easier to get on and off. Well, that was awfully nice of him. I thought so. The real the real problem, though, is there was a little bit of a leak from the front of one of the exhausts where it uh, met the header pipe. Uh-huh. So uh, I had to go get some of that goop to put on it. Oh, so you're saying the cat, this cat burglar was a shitty mechanic. You're uh, saying this cat burglar was inept around a motorcycle. Wh- you're saying this cat burglar should not ever be trusted with a wrench in his hand. No. Just, you know, he might have not expected this particular 
problem. So he's so inexperienced. It's possible and that ignorant. It, it's possible that the silencers are now on in a non-stock configuration, and therefore they don't fit quite perfectly. So this is like the stupidest cat burglar in the world. This is possibly, quite possibly, the most stupid, dumbest, non-intelligent, barely breathing individual ever, and possibly quite smelly and, and sticky. I hate you. <laughs> Uh, moving on in burglary news. Mm-hmm. And I understand this is a little old, but we've got to talk about this because this is hilarious. <laughs> yes, the axe-wielding motorbike gang make daring getaway from Brent Cross Shopping Center after raid. And apparently the follow-up to this is again. Yeah, I guess they've done this a couple times. I've, I've heard. Uh, sixth arm raiders on high-powered motorbikes staged a uh, – and hit, there's a picture here of them zipping the ins, along the inside of a mall on their motorcycles, stealing crap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Three pillion riders with axes and bats smashed their way into a jewelry store and scooped up a bunch of shit. Clearly one of them is on a triumph. Yes. Well, you know, it is in England. <laughs> yeah. That, how cool is that? You know, as thefts go, it's it's fairly cool. It's Apparently innovative. the bikes are stolen because they were dumped afterwards, which is a bummer. Somebody got their bike stolen and it got used in a robbery, which means now it's evidence. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. the owners are completely fucked. I love this picture, though. It's quite the picture. I like the fact that they took the time to uh, wear full-face helmets. Well, I suppose a full-face helmet and motorcycle gear is a really good disguise, isn't it? Well, yeah. It conceal their identity. What the guy look like? He had a helmet on and he looked kind of bulky. But that could be the armor. It's hard to say. And uh, the police sketch artist is drawing a picture of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that look like this guy? Yes. <laughs> I saw him on the rat bag strong. <laughs> oh, who are we kidding? We'd never get away. Nope. <laughs> Jump in the air and be like, go! <laughs> and the cop on the, uh, the segway is right behind us. <laughs> Can you pull over? Hey, knock that off. Still, it's it's quite the it's quite the burglary, I have to say. There, it's it's daring. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, it sucks that you know theft and crime and every, crime is bad, kids. But uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the thing I keep thinking about as I look at this is I'm like, those marble floors look mad slippery. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope they don't have to make too many tight turns. Uh, Squeak! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, who would try to stop them? They're in England. That's a good point, actually. Everybody would just kind of look vaguely uncomfortable and pay, not pay attention. The cops would be like, you, please stop. Quit it. Or I'll ask again. <laughs> I'm totally stealing that joke from somebody. I You're think a jerk. I think it's a Robin Williams You're joke. You're a giant jerk. <laughs> You're the jerkiest jerk that ever jerked. So speaking of the Ural, back to there. Uh-huh. Now that now with its stolen cats, it's out and it's winter. It's winter because there's no cats? No, no, that's incidental, actually. Okay. Well, it's, what's it's winter because the Ural was used to buy a snowblower. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. You posted a picture of you with your new purchase. Yeah, the guy the guy had a pretty great look on his face when I picked that thing up. Mm-hmm. And just shoved it in the tub. And Yeah, well, I was like, hey, can you help me get this in? It turns out that that was not really the best thought out thing of my life. What happened? Well, I got home and I realized I had like this... 60-pound snowblower in my sidecar. And no way to get it out. And nobody to help me get it out. It's only 60 pounds. You could pick that up. Yeah. I did a little scraping of sidecar bits on the way. (laughs) The thing's built like a tank. Yeah, yeah. Remember when we tried to drill holes in it? But my paint. (laughs) My beautiful paint. Who are you and when did you become me? (laughs) (laughs) I have to match. (laughs) You see my new jacket? 
It's part of a Canadian tuxedo. It's cool. It's a Canadian tuxedo top. It has a, is that a hoodie? Take the hoodie out of it. You could wear the hoodie. The hoodie's a liner. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a liner. You could wear it by itself, though. It's a hoodie. You could. So th- somebody took the time to make. So this is a uh, what is this jacket anyway? This is a Cycle Gears in-house brand built. Mm-hmm. It's from their Iron Worker line. Iron Worker line, where they they also do the Kevlar jeans and stuff. Uh-huh. So it's a denim jacket with a denim armor in Kevlar it. jacket uh-huh. with armor in it, uh-huh. and uh, a hoodie liner. A hoodie liner because a hoodie makes such great fucking sense when you have a helmet on. Well, yeah, but you know, a lot of people just they do the jacket and the hoodie look. Yes, for yes. just the look for the look. Yeah, and then, that's really common. And when you're walking, you know, I used a hoodie by itself. Uh-huh, walk. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't know, man. I, I, I what? I, I don't know what's funnier: the fact that you now have a Canadian tuxedo to ride around in. I have a couple of denim jackets. I believe you. There's nothing wrong with a denim jacket. It is when you pair it with denim pants. I I don't. I, t- I pair them with Carhartts. Oh, okay. I thought this out. So a denim jacket and Carhartts. Yes. What? Okay. What? Moving on. What? No, wait. What? I never wear the denim jacket with the jeans because that was the, 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 no insult to our Canadian listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, my question is, though, does it, does it feel like this is a pretty decent jacket? I mean, uh, you know, I'll be honest. It feels better than if I was to wear a regular denim jacket with a hoodie. Well, okay. It doesn't feel as good, quite obviously, as, as if real gear. real gear. I'm thinking I, I got it. To wear with the Thruxton mm-hmm. for just around town. Because you're a style whore. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Girls dig it. What? Nothing. I didn't say anything. Keep going. It's got armor. It's got, you know, Kevlar lime denim. It's... No, I can relate. I mean, I do, I do wear a wax cotton jacket. I wear Carhartts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an obvious compromise that I am fully aware and accepting of. Okay. In that case, then it probably does what it says fuck on the you. tin. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, fuck you. <laughs> Just because I want to look good on a motorcycle. I still have the dream that someday I'm going to be at a stoplight and a girl's just going to hop on the back. It might work with a Thruxton. That will be yeah. If someone else was riding it. <laughs> that makes me sad. Good. <laughs> Speaking of more sad things, let's jump into classifieds. Oh, yes. There are sad things in classifieds. <laughs> There's a lot of... Classifieds oh. are a dark, dark place. Our first one comes from Matt. It's a... Uh, he. Just a text of the ad here. It's a 96 Yamaha FZR 600 Street Fighter with crash cage, brand new chain, and good tires. New seats, runs amazing, no second gear, but that is common for fixers. Half fairing set that goes with like 29,000, 1300 or better is their offer. Um, no second gear? That's common. What? <laughs> I don't know. What, what do you do between first and third? Neutral? <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to throw this out that there's usually a gear in the middle there someplace. I want to know why he puts that's common. That's common. To oh? miss a gear. I, I don't understand. Is this a does it, does, is it badly attached and it falls out? Is this like meant to be a race mod or something? I, 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 don't, I haven't heard of this. I don't know this. Well, I'm thinking it sounds like maybe second gear shit the bed. But why put that's common? Is that just his way of... No, it's cool. No, no, it's cool. Don't worry about it. No, no, it's, it, it hasn't been ridden hard. Why not just say uh, it's, it's got four gears and it... The steep one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
no second gear, but that is common for FCRs. You know, I this is the first I've heard of it. <laughs> I gotta be honest. And we've had a lot of FCRs on our on our classifieds. Yeah, this first one that's admitted to having no second gear. Maybe they all didn't have second gear and it's a big damn secret. That's how they initiate. Hey, here's my bike and I'm selling it in a second. Welcome to the club. Yeah, it's like Suzuki's when you kill your battery with the uh, the secret battery oh, the kill secret position. Battery kill position. <laughs> Welcome to the Suzuki Club! I wish someone would mention that. No, no, it's much more fun for us all to watch people do that once. They were like, welcome to the club! Oh. Just push start it. It's a boulevard on a hill. All right, next up, we have an exciting trade. The 2007 Kawasaki Ninja 250 trade for meds. <laughs> That's right, I'm looking to trade my motorcycle for meds. Now, up front, I'll say this thing has been through some shit. It has never been down while being ridden, but unfortunately, while parked in the mean streets of Seattle, it has fallen victim to multiple hit-and-run accidents. Uh-huh. <laughs> At this point, it needs a few things to be ridden, which I will disclose in a bit, but it's nothing major. <laughs> Here are the major issues with the bike, some of which will need to be addressed before it is ridden. One, needs new left handlebar assembly. Clutch lever is broken off. Handlebar is slightly bent, and control box with choke lever is broken. Uh. From a tip over. <laughs> Hit and run. Left side foot peg has been broken off. Hit and run. Basically, all fairings have either been removed or damaged and broken off. I do have some of the major fairings here which are damaged, but I don't believe beyond repair. <laughs> the bike is due for an oil change. Oh, goddammit, that's a deal breaker. Oil and replacement <laughs> air filter included. <laughs> Wait, what? He's going to give you oil. And an air filter. And an air filter. I don't, I don't know where to start with that. <laughs> this is the the alternate model of the Ninja 250 mm-hmm. that uses an air filter for its oil. Maybe it's like the Nighthawk where it just has the screen that you clean? I don't know. I can't remember. Maybe you should change your oil more. <laughs> I can't remember if, ever change, if I ever did an oil change. I'm sure I've done an oil change on the 250. Dear person who bought Chuck's bike, we're really sorry. Yeah, he, he had it seized at an impound lot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they called you, didn't they? Yeah, they wanted to sell it back. Oh, that's fine. Bike is currently in Seattle and will need to be towed. Unless you bring a new clutch lever, in which case you might be able to convince me to drive it to a shop. <laughs> All right. That being said, I'm looking for 4.5 ounces firm of top shelf meds. Feel free to PM me with any questions you might have. 4.5 ounces of top shelf meds? Now, that's an odd prescription. Yes, it is an odd prescription until we scroll up here and let's look at the site that this is on. It's on the Cannabis Growers <laughs> A Pacific Northwest <laughs> karma community. <laughs> Do you have a lot of weed? Would you like a shitty motorcycle? Have you smoked enough weed to think this is a good deal? <laughs> if so, have we got a deal for you? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, so this ad, I, I, I don't think this is funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a uh, 2007 Euro Patrol, mm-hmm. 650 cc two wheel drive. Has and about it, it's 750. 750. Okay. Yeah, this guy's wrong. This guy's wrong. About 8,000 kilometers. Uh huh. Um, has a new rear tire on the bike. Spare tire is new. Totally stock. Besides windscreen, and he's asking 7,500 for it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You could probably talk him down to seven grand, and then I'd probably buy it. Green color's great. Mm-hmm. 2007 and up. I've got a 2007. The 2007 and up has uh, all the mods that keep it from grenading itself. You basically end up with a bike which is functionally identical to mine except for green and with a different windshield. Mm, okay. So this is this is not far off the going rate. You could probably talk him down. Oh, look. He's got his cats. <laughs> 
Oh, so he does. Oh, <laughs> got to watch out for that. It's been ridden clearly. You know, it's got 8,000 kilometers on it, which means it's actually been used. So it hasn't been sitting. Mm-hmm. Urals that run and are used will never die. Urals that sit, die. He says just broken in. What's the broken in period for you? 10,000 clicks. Oh, okay. Around 10,000 clicks, you start to get like, it kind of like settles into itself and it starts to get a little more juice. What's yours? 13,000-ish. 13. So, you know, it's kind of, it kind of, it has a long break in period. Okay. Where you get a lot of metal swarf out of it. So he's got two, it's a 2007 Mm -hmm. and he's got 8,000 clicks on it. Yep. That's a little, I mean, I bought my 2007 with 2,000 clicks on oh, it. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so he's, he's got some he's, he's got some use out of it. Okay. You know, he's been using the thing. I mean, if it starts right up and runs, which there's a very good chance it would. They, is that the same seat as on your bike? It's the same seat as on my bike. Okay. That is the same everything except for paint and windshield. Okay. So, you know, possibly a pretty good deal. I would make sure you could talk him down a little bit and that, you know, 7,500 is maybe a little high for us 2007. It's not completely whacked if it's in good shape, though. What's the difference between the 2007 and, and say, this year's? Uh, this year's would have the uh, – it has better valve stuff that doesn't break as often. They upgraded a few different things. I'm trying to remember. The wheels are aluminum and actually round uh, on the new ones. <laughs> Gee, that's helpful. I hear it's nice. Yeah. The shocks are massively improved. These are the two-position shitty Russian shocks that I don't care for terribly. Okay. Now, back up a second. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the wheels on your bike because uh-huh. you always make the joke about them not being round. Yeah. And they are. Well, kind of. So what, what is with them? The problem is, is that the steel rims are soft. And so you set, the, you set the spokes, and it's really only a matter of time until the wheels come back out around again. Okay. Yeah. It's that the wheels like to get a little ovular on you. And you know because the bike starts wiggling, it starts getting this rhythmic boom, 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 <laughs> thing. Or the brakes start pulsing because it actually deforms the drum because the wheel isn't nice and perfectly round. Wow. At which point you go around with the spokes and you go ding, 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 dunk, and you tighten that one and so forth. It's not hard to fix. It's just you have to do it a lot. It's a pain in the ass. Okay. But now they use the aluminum wheels. So. And, it's, and they, they hold their shape much better. Okay. Because those are like the shocks on the front. These make the ones on the Thruxton look modern by comparison. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I can show you them on my Ural sometime. They make a really pleasing squeaky noise when you sit on it. <laughs> when did they change those, the wheels and the shocks? Is that just this year? Ten, maybe? I think. Ten. Okay. And the year is a little varying because it'll be like whenever they decided to do it. My, my daughter has mentioned that she would like to... Uh, for me to have a Ural. You know, some of our listeners have mentioned something to that effect as well. Yeah, so I'm actually... Apparently, we're supposed to comment on the Ural Yamal, which, I don't know, I hadn't heard anything about it. I knew, is there a new Ural? Uh, gee, only fucking everyone <laughs> tried to tell us about it. <laughs> guys, guys, guys! Guys, I know Todd gets the newsletter, but... I don't know how many people were, like, on our Facebook and emails or messages. You guys! You see this? It's shaky! <laughs> Oh yeah. Cool thing about it, you know, it, it comes with an ore because this, this bike's the model yeah, after the icebreaker. Stylized after the icebreaker of the same name. The ore has a label. It does? Yes. Oh, neat. This is awesome. In case of emergency, if you are reading this, then you wandered out too far and the ice didn't hold. We're very sorry. In an effort to make it back alive, you may want to follow these survival tips. Abandon all hope. It will help you focus. Detach sidecar, jump in, and then paddle like heck. Rescue your dog. They're better at finding their way home than you are. Should you find yourself sinking, use your seat cushion as a flotation device. Disclaimer, 
Euro cannot be held responsible for global warming. Water damage not covered under warranty. This vehicle is not a boat, nor is the paddle or any other part of the motorcycle intended to be used as a flotation device. Survival may depend on other factors. Your wife was right. Who goes fishing in winter? <laughs> I love the sense of humor Ural has with their special editions. <laughs> this this special edition bike is clearly very tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> well, they're all tongue-in-cheek. I mean, the uh, the Tega, you opened up, there was a little emergency kit in the back, and you open it up, and there was emergency gum, an emergency bottle of vodka, and a roll of tape. <laughs> and it even it was labeled Ural Emergency Vodka. <laughs> That's pretty cool. They know, they know which, they, they know people that are buying Urals are not buying them because they are, you know, the newest, hottest mm-hmm. thing. They're buying them because there's this unique character about them, and they're like, you know what? Let's have a little fun with let's it. Let's roll with it, yeah. yeah I, I, you know, and that said, this bike, they're, they're wanting, what, 14, 14 and a half? Yeah, the Yamal is hot. Oh, I love that color. I like the color. I like I, I like the little icebreaker graphic, the, mm-hmm. you know, the mouth, the teeth. And I like the accessories they've packed onto it. Yeah, they basically got all the good accessories you're going to want anyway. I want a pair of lights like that in the front. I don't have them yet. But So is this bike priced good? I think so. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, the, the, the windshield and fairing stuff by itself is 500 and change. Okay. By the time you get it shipped, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's quite well appointed. If you look at it compared to a regular patrol... It looks way cooler. It looks completely rad. It has it has the uh, tractor seat and a rack behind the tractor seat, mm-hmm. which is something I kind of like. Although I hear the tractor seat's not super comfy. Mm-hmm. Not that mine's super comfy, but, but it's a Ural. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like you're going to be on it for 700 miles straight. You know, I've got a, a couple Russians at work. Mm-hmm. Every time I mention that I'm thinking about buying a Ural, mm-hmm. they just start laughing. They oh. laugh and laugh and laugh. Keep in, keep in mind, the modern Ural is not the same as the one they remember from the old country. It bears certain resemblances, but it ain't the same. I think they would be quite tickled if I rolled up the work. <laughs> they would. And I got to say, the Yamal is extremely awesome. I would probably pull the ore out and put a shovel there or something instead mm-hmm. for camping purposes. Yeah. You know, the poopy shovel. <laughs> But uh, other than that, I mean, the thing is an extremely gigged out Ural. It's really nice. It does seem pretty cool. Uh, and uh, I'll be in San Diego at the end of the year, and there's a Ural dealer there. Mm. The only thing that kind of has me worried about the Yamal, I think I read they were only planning to do 50 in the country. Yeah. So that makes it pretty, uh, like, there's not there won't be much wiggle room for negotiating. or There's not going to be wiggle room for negotiating on a Ural anyway. Oh, really? It's just. No. <laughs> you crazy? I want a Ural. I want a deal for it. Yeah, whatever. Eat it. <laughs> okay well you know now i know yeah yeah so deal you, you'll be able to deal with the dealers on like someone like the setup and stuff like that yeah and you know the dealer support you'll get will be second to none but like you know you're not gonna be able to make a deal on a new one especially not the limited edition yeah it's not gonna happen yeah you know an old few years old one that they haven't sold maybe but even then you know does this one have the round wheels they mm. will sell it <laughs> that's the thing is if you don't buy it the next guy will yeah all right. Now yeah. something to think about. Mm-hmm. Especially since your daughter is all after you now. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, I asked her because remember she didn't want to ride it. Yeah. She didn't want to ride mine. Because it was you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Made it clear that if I was the one driving, she would love to have Oh, okay. Ural. So it's the problem is it's not daddy. It's not daddy. Helm. Okay. Yeah, it's not daddy. Okay. Well, that's, that's understandable. So she, because I showed her to Yamal mm-hmm. and she was just like, ooh, buy that. Well, there you go. <laughs> I can't say no now. I mean, nah. the boss says get it. Yeah. I, I've got to go get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So moving on, our next ad. <laughs> our next ad is a Ninja ZXR we, being – you know, We cannot do justice to this 
talking to you. Nope. We're going to post it on the site you, and you're going to have to look at the pictures. You've got to see this. And you will – it – yeah. This is awesome. This is extremely awesome. This is a Ninja ZX6R and has liberal use of, of – Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. I didn't know he had a ninja tattoo on his bicep like that. I'm not so sure about that. But <laughs> the picture the never lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has paint. a graph and everything. Yep. So we'll post that up and you can have a look at it. It's, That's awesome. It's a thing. Okay. We have the best ad ever. Why is it the best ad ever? Because we love hearing about ourselves. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we don't do it enough. Mm-mm. For sale, one Gixer. That GSXR for all you non-riders that just pose. This is a Billy bike, and if you listen to the Wheel Nerds podcast, you will know they are self-admitted geeks. Nerds. The fact is that you will be the opposite of them riding this badass bike which is hopefully where you want to be as you are reading this ad. One wheel nerd rides a Ural, man. If that's your scene, you're reading the wrong ad. Quit reading now. Good podcast, by the way, just different strokes for different folks. And also, if you looked here, you would see the wheel nerds don't know what a billy really is and links to Urban Dictionary, which, as everyone knows, is the ultimate place to find information and should never be questioned by anyone. I'm going to be submitting this definition for billy. Uh-huh. I think so. <laughs> Listeners, get in there and vote it up. So it goes on, blah, 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 the bike has stuff, yada, 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 yada. Test ride rules. Oh, oh, test ride. You need a motorcycle license. Okay, good rule. No. You bring $6,500 cash and you prove that you have insurance covering my bike. Yes, one-day policies are easy to get and cheap. If you don't buy the bike, you can cancel the policy. You will need a policy to ride at home anyway. Three, I hold cash while you test ride the bike. If the bike comes back in one piece and the rear tire does not look like you did some burnouts to impress posers, you get the cash back. Four, nitrous tank will not be on the bike for your test ride. <laughs> Once bike is paid for, we can prove the system works. Five, if the bike never comes back because you are, think you are a Casey Stoner, or a stoner in the literal sense, and you're lying on the side of the road, well, I have the cash and we'll say a prayer for you. So this is sent to us by one of our listeners and has apparently been up on the Craigslist down in Provo, Utah, a couple of times. Yeah. His test ride rules, I can't argue too much with. No, no. He's obviously listened to our show. Yep. <laughs> uh, the one-day insurance policy thing, that... that that's an interesting one. I hadn't heard of that one before. No, I mean, I figure if you just got cash in hand, then you're good to go. Why, mm-hmm. why get the insurance? But uh, that, no, that's that's cool. We got someone talking about us on the net. <laughs> We've made it. We're there. We've arrived. Can we get our jobs? <laughs> no. So tonight we have a cool interview. Yes, we have special guests. It involves Urals. Okay, we're on with Nicole Espinoza and Paul Smith, who has a much more. Boring name. Nicole is the managing editor of Adventure Motorcycle Magazine, and Paul is the senior editor of the same magazine. In addition to the editorial stuff, they're going to be doing a round-the-world trip on Urals. Fools that they are. (laughs) Hello, Nicole. Hello, Paul. I hope you didn't hear that last part. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Todd. How are you guys tonight? Hi there. We are fantastic. So let's just jump into the Ural part first, because that makes Todd slaver. Oh, it's Todd. Todd loves them too. Todd has one. Todd, I have one. Chuck is Chuck is my since my wife got pregnant. He's now my most common monkey. I was gonna say he has to be your monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that for years. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So what what led you to take Urals around the world? So I have to say, um, Todd, you just the way they look. Don't you just love their? Oh yeah. They are sexy. It's that vintage look. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ural, Ural has it. You know, they, they did it right in the beginning, going after the BMW. It's R71, right? Mm-hmm. BMW R71. And it hasn't changed much, has it, Todd? No, just the components that were blowing up. 
Most of the components that were blowing up final drive housings notwithstanding. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, He's trying to convince me to buy one. This isn't helping. It's going to be great. You'll love it. Hey, the new ones have those cool round aluminum wheels. I've heard good things about those. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And, and you just had air on your show the other day. Yeah, he's got the fancy one. He is out there with his modified one right now, and he is—he's putting those mods to the test for us. Well, that's so, nice. Yeah. What kind of mods? What's he doing? What's he done? Because I don't—I we didn't really talk about his bike a whole lot. No. But stay tuned for our next issue because we have a whole piece from Era on it. Ooh. And, uh, Ooh. He, talk, he talks about all his mods that he's done to the to the bike there. Any, any sneak previews of particularly spiffy ones? Well, Todd's I'll, putting together his Christmas list now. Mm. Well, he calls it the Terra Explorer, and he had Jim Petiti, who is a uh, Ural dealer in Salem, Oregon, put it together for him. Raceway. Raceway service. Oh, yeah. But uh, we also work with Mark Tetro. He is our lovely Ural dealer in Prescott, Arizona. We just love Mark, and we love Ural. So, you know, we, we've been talking to Ural for a little while, and... Uh, Guess what I have to do, guys, to get my hands on this thing? I don't have it yet. I have to go sell my 81 Alfa Romeo Spider. <laughs> I do. I do. I've, I've been dragging that thing around since uh, 1994. The emphasis here might be on drag. <laughs> She's going to a Ural, so, you know, it won't be much new. I'm, yeah, I'm used to that stuff. <laughs> but, Todd, I, I have a question for you. Yep. How do you wrench your own Ural? Always. <laughs> He's laughing. I wrench my own everything all the time. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Very the only thing I won't do is uh, put tires on and off. I do it once with spoons on every new tire to make sure I can do it, and then never again. Oh, good. So does Chuck do the rest then? Uh, I, I drink. <laughs> Chuck calls me on the phone and asks me stuff. And that breaks it. Yeah, it, uh, for for uh, longtime listeners of our show, they would they could tell you about all the horrible, horrible things I have done to what used to be my Buell. You gave it a college try, didn't you? Oh, I've tried. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he gave it a grad school try. <laughs> but I, I do horrible things. So let me ask you: You're going to be doing the circumnavigation. How much time are you allotting for it? You know, since you're going to be on Urals. I'll kind of tell you the story. Oh, oh, even better. The story. Well, can I tell them the story? Right. Okay. Is it PG? If it's rated R, that would be better. Well, well, I'll I'll bring it down from R to to G. How's that? Oh, boring. (laughs) (laughs) What happened uh, a couple of years ago, Paul was planning to go around the world, and he was decking out his B650, and he had modded that thing. How much did you put into that sucker? Well over 10, 10 grand. 10 grand. That's after he bought the bike. Doesn't that, doesn't that bike cost less than 10 grand new? <laughs> yes. I was experimenting, doing lots, of, lots and lots of, of uh, different types of experiments with um, some oddball parts and all that stuff. But at that time, there wasn't really a lot available for that bike either. So mm. some things I had to buy and then throw away and try something else and so forth. Yeah, then he got it, he got it fine-tuned. So. Yeah. yeah, so it was basically ready to go. A month before launch day, he gets this lovely phone call from his doctor. And uh, he had some bad news from the doctor. The doctor uh, said he had tongue cancer, diagnosed him with tongue cancer. So he just, oh my gosh, his, we were friends at the time. We met in a dirt school class 
a year prior to that uh, down in San Diego, coach to ride, and we've been friends ever since. And he told me that he was just diagnosed with cancer, and I did, I was floored. I was floored. But even even worse than the cancer, he was pissed that he couldn't go around the world. He was really upset about those plans being dashed. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what? You know, through the heal, I, I wanted to help him heal so badly as a friend, and through that we became a couple. And one time we were just talking about, hey, you know what? Now that you're feeling a little bit better, let's let's try to plan a little trip. Maybe uh, you can get back on the road again and I can join you in Europe. I said, but I can't be away from the kids any longer than a month. And I, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Chuck's got a daughter. He doesn't like being away from her for very long. He gets yeah, sleepy. I, I, I don't even like being away from her for a week. So, yeah. And she's four. Yes, you get it. My, my kids are 11 and 8. And I, and I just only started writing again back in 07 when they were, you know, old enough where they could, I could just take off for some solo rides. So we kind of just looked at each other and said, hey, oh my gosh, why don't we just do this as a family? I said, I have been dreaming about getting a sidecar. And then we both totally love the girls. We, we both do. So uh, we decided on the Euro. I had done a lot of research, though, and I was trolling the uh, Soviet steed site really you know that pretty well, don't you, Todd? Oh, yeah. Really looking into some research on it. We know it, we know they take a lot of work. They need maintenance, and you have to get your hands dirty. But they're simply made, and that's what we love about it. And you can pick up parts all around the world, and it can be worked on on the way. So that's what we decided on. The sidecar has to be it has to be modified to fit the kit. So I lengthened the car a little bit, and... Put a, put a canvas top with windows and roll bars and a windshield, and it has to have a heater and cushy suspension, so. So, so the, the one is for her and the kids, and the other one is, is essentially going to be a cargo sidecar. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, so both kids will be in one sidecar. Yeah, both kids. Yeah. So they can fight and scream. And yeah. I'm say, sure that won't be a disaster. You know, if you separate them between two sidecars, they, they fight less. She'll be pulling find over a way. more. Right, exactly. So I know that's uh, that's the plan, and we're gonna make it a we're gonna make it a smart sidecar, so we can do a little uh, homeschooling on the road. Oh. And we are very much playing with the idea of um, of either a television show or a documentary as well. So yeah, we kind of want to document it. So we're chasing that and um, seeing which direction it goes. We're really drawn to, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the, the Internet Talks, TED Talks, TED Technology mm-hmm. Entertainment Design. We may be familiar. <laughs> so I, I hear a little addiction to it possibly there. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah, that can happen. And, you know, we feel something huge happening there with these visionaries that are out there making things happen, pushing humanity kind of to the next level. And we think that needs exposure. Some of those projects that are happening right now are just are unbelievable. And, and we want to kind of sink our family into it and get our hands dirty and have these kids learn possibly what the future may hold for them. And, and be participants in it, you know. That's that's why we want to document it, pretty much. And the sidecar is just going to kind of get us from point A to point B. It's not going to be the huge storyline, although it's going to be fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
digging into going conversation starters. Yeah, <laughs> they are that. Yes. Okay, so Paul, so what I'm hearing from Nicole is you figured out a really good way to hit on a girl and to con her into going around the world with you. Yes, um, cancer is two things. One is the ideal way to draw on a girl, and it's also a great way to lose weight. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's actually, yeah. That you heard it here on Wheel Nerds first. Cancer is a chick magnet. <laughs> it's actually a really neat story. But See, I was, I've been doing it wrong. I kept saying I had like a hangnail and... Mm-hmm. There's yeah. just the mocking and the joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you cry too much. Girls like sensitive guys. Yes, these days, yeah. See? <laughs> I'm only crying because I'm sleeping alone. So what do the kids think of this whole thing? Are they pretty psyched? Are they not so sure? You know what? They've seen they've seen my handiwork before. No, not really. <laughs> I actually design and manufacture aftermarket products for my my business, uh, Rugged Rider. So I am happiest when I'm designing and using my hands. So I can't wait to get my hands on the sidecar. And they really can't wait to see what I do with it. I mean, they were going on, of course, when I said it's going to be a smart car. You know, my eight-year-old boy, who's, you know, all thumbs on video games. He was pretty excited about that. Although we definitely want to just keep it uh, limited the, the schooling just to, on the iPads, no video games because we are going to be out there living it. They're going to wait. Be- what? No, no, what? No, I'm sorry, what? No, that's what he would say, but don't say it too loudly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great idea. <laughs> it's, it's, it, always, it always kills me. You go to these, these rest stops and these beautiful spots, and you're looking around, you're like, wow, this is cool. And there's some kid in the back of a car with a Game Boy just oh, I, zoned out. I, I'm I, sorry, what? I, I couldn't hear you. I was finishing this level. I live that life, but you know, that, and that's the hardest part about being a parent today. Unplugging those suckers. You just have to be really strong and, and parent, you know, really good guidance in that regard. And, I like to get those kids out there, outdoors. We're big, we're big campers, uh, backpackers, hikers, and, and my kids. Actually, we took the kids to uh, where we met, coached to ride. We took them this last year, and they learned how to ride. So, how how much time are you planning for this this trip? Well, I'll tell you guys. My kids are entrenched in their schooling. My mm. daughter's on club soccer, and it's and it's she's she's really happy with it. So we're gonna we're gonna take it in, in chunks where they're gonna be missing a little bit of school and doing something and although we have to really plan where we're going, what parts of the world we're going at what time time of the year. Yeah, I think it's gonna be easier done in segments mm. too, as well as documenting. So we come back and edit and, and then cut out again. We're thinking about three three chunks over the course of three years, starting next fall. Oh wow! Okay, starting in the fall from Europe and heading. We're starting here. In Easter, Europe. yeah. What's what's the yeah, what's I the think, start point? I think we're gonna we're just gonna do. Uh, well, first we have to get our euro. Dang it! I tell you. Now we're working on that as we speak. John Beckafee, can you hear us at your all there? Anyway, first we're gonna just do a shakedown up the coast from LA to Seattle and maybe up around uh, Victoria and and that area up there, and see how the kids do and, and, and are camping along the way. And then we're really wanting to... Turkey, essentially. We want to kind of start in Turkey and do the Silk Road a little mm. bit. Oh, wow. Dang, that has some dicey bits to it. Some oh. dicey bits. And you know what I think about the dicey bits? Throw the dice my direction because 
<laughs> I know. I'm telling you, I don't believe everything that I hear, and I, I as far as news goes, mm-hmm. that, that pumps out of that little tiny box. Or they're getting bigger now, aren't they? In the in the living room. So we want to kind of go out there and prove to ourselves what's actually going on in the world. Okay. Go out and see. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. What kind of what kind of relationship have you had so far, if any, with with Ural itself? Have you kind of reached out to them, or yes, we well, uh, we've been talking to them a little bit. We've actually been working with them with the magazine. I'll, I'll tell you what, we love the Urals, and I have really, I've been plugging them left and right. Mm-hmm. We have done a lot of pieces. We've done a lot of coverage. Just because, I'll tell you why. Because I love them. We find that a lot of readers are are drawn to them as well. We have we just did a really nice piece with Era, and and we have other ones coming up. And we want to introduce the sidecar world to the adventure riding community. You know, because a lot of families want to get out there. And I'll mm-hmm. I'll tell you who's setting the trend in that is Herbert and Ramona Schwartz of TourTech. And they're doing it in their own modified sidecar, their own TourTech sidecar. And so however you can get out with the family or with a dog or with your groceries, I think sidecars are the way to go. Or, or your new snowblower that you bought, or a Christmas tree, or, or that one time I had all those bags of dirt from Home Depot. You put a Christmas tree in your sidecar? Yeah. It's a little sticky. Your sidecar or the tree? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Got some sap on there? <laughs> a bit. We'll buff it out. I just use vodka to get it off. <laughs> a little stash of that in the trunk. Oh, always. You need the vodka and the hammer. You apply the hammer. You try some vodka. If it's not fixed, you hit the hammer and you try a little vodka. And at the while, either you don't care or it's fixed. And what what kind of model do you have, Todd? I've got a patrol. All right. It's nice. I wanted the two wheel drive. I'll tell you. I'll tell you quite honestly. There's a few things you're going to be in for kind of a rude awakening with if you haven't ridden sidecars much. They're exhausting, for starters. Okay. You're not going to make time. Do I have to work out? Do I have to work out? No, but you'll have awesome shoulders by the time you've ridden them for a while. Oh, wow. The first time we did a long trip, with Todd was uh, flying solo in the, uh, on the Ural. And when we were done for the day, he pulls up and he just starts crying. I just collapsed. It was, uh, it was pretty bad for him. The wind and, the, and we were on an interstate too. So. Yeah, that was our first mistake. That's the other, yeah. You're going to go slow and yep. you're not going to make time. If you're cool with that, you'll have a great time. We have to take the side roads. Tell oh, yes. Yes, we have to take What was it? Uh, Ara said he, he was 200 miles a day. It was a good day for him. Yeah. yeah That's so. it. Yeah, just slow and smelling the roses. Mm-hmm. That's it. I know. I, I can't get it out on the, on the highway with the kids. I really don't want to. So how, how much experience have you had, uh, both of you guys, riding sidecars already? Guess what? Zero. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> This is part of the game. This is part of the fun. So we actually, we go to the Griffith Park sidecar rally that Doug Bingham at uh, Side Striders puts on every year. So we go there. We, we live in the L.A. area. So we go there. We get pumped up every year. And still, we have not ridden one. Uh, but we've made lots of friends who have them. So oh, wait a minute. No, I rode one. Oh, Paul did years ago. Where? Where was that? In uh, India. Oh, in India. Yeah. That's a, that's a great place to learn how to ride a sidecar. <laughs> <laughs> head on. 
She is really optimistic. <laughs> she is. She's, she's all she's all sunshine and rainbows and happy things. Yeah. Wow. You do live in L.A., don't you? Yeah. Well, there was a little sarcasm in that last <laughs> joke about India. <laughs> I mean, now I know why Paul had to go with cancer, because anything else, she would just blow off. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's true. That's, that's funny. That's funny. Yes. What's that? Arterial bleeding? Uh, you could walk that off. Uh, You're fine. <laughs> so when did you when did both of you start get into motorcycles start riding i started in 1968 so um, been around. I, i've been i mean since I, I was a kid okay and um i took a, a break off from about 1980 to, to race kids uh and then as soon as the, the kids were of age i went around and bought a bike again so so there was a break in there. And There's a growing trend there, I think. Yep. Yes, and I yeah. a, lot, a lot of guys that have done exactly the same thing. It's kind of a, it's kind of a trend, actually. You hear that, Todd? <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> His comes next month. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Bikes are staying where they are. Good, good, good. It, it can be done. I thought you were trying to get me to buy your Ural. I don't know. I'm rethinking that now. <laughs> I think I'm just going to get a trailer for it, and then it'll be like having a pickup truck. You just want to make me buy the Yamaha. I do, because <laughs> it's awesome. Paul, you're the you're the demographic. You're the target demographic. Yeah, I think so. Motorcycle manufacturers are looking at you, and they're slathering. They're like, oh, oh disposable income. <laughs> Believe me, I know because whenever we go to the meets, all my all my my pals are there. You know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> most of them have gone through the Harley stage or something, and now they're into adventure biking and so forth. But the girl stage is something that. That isn't isn't quite as much of a fever as the other two. So not yet. Yeah. So what's your favorite kind of riding? You know, riding. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what what style bike do you like the best? What do you like to to do uh, off road? I currently have three bikes, and but I would say that my favorite is a sort of an adventure style with a little bit of off road. I have a big BMW, and um, uh, I love it. It's just probably the nicest bike I've ever owned and I've owned about 24 bikes in my life uh, but, it, but it's a heavy heavy bike and unless you're really trained to uh, ride that style of bike off road it can be extremely dangerous uh, it carries a lot of stuff I like to camp I don't like to stay in motels and all that stuff ever so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care if it's raining snowing whatever I'll, I'll, I'll camp we can relate yeah you know it's just more fun you know it's more of a challenge and, and there's no television around which is great yeah. And the food's better, and you never have neighbors who are making lots of noise unless they're Chuck. You know. Well, excuse me. I'm not the one that was screaming in the middle of the night about the elk. <laughs> they were scary. <laughs> the elk are going to trample me. Help, help. I'm going to make more noise and attract them. <laughs> so, Nicole, how'd you get started riding? start riding well i'll tell you when i was five years old my uncle rolled into our driveway on on a it was actually a honda 750 and a matching helmet at the time tank top and and handlebar mustache and (laughs) (laughs) and you wanted to get on the hugest smile i had ever seen and i said you know what i want a bike and a smile and so we have a photograph of of her at that exact moment. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Yeah. I couldn't take my mind. eyes off that bike. Yeah. And so it, it took me a while. I was in my 30s when I uh, – actually, no, I was in my 20s when I got my first one. It was in Santa Barbara, and I was forced to get it because that damn alpha was on the flatbed more than it was on the street. <laughs> no. 
So my roommate said, hey, yeah, uh, let's just go get you a bike. So I got a little Honda NX250 in Santa Barbara. And I would, that's where I learned how to ride and just tooled around on that and had a ball. But the thing was an enduro and I never took it off road. I just used it around town, zipped around and sold it when I moved to L.A. because I didn't want to get into crazy traffic with it. But I then got married and then had kids. And I said, guess what? It is time again. I got the bug and... You know, once you have it, it just doesn't let you go. So I got a Suzuki DRZ 400 in 07. It's a tall bike, though, guys. Really tall bike, and I'm 5'6", so I had to shorten it. Uh, Well, you're so taller than our friend. (laughs) (laughs) And he rides a tiger. He rides a tiger? You know, I just, this is what I witnessed at uh, Jim Hyde's really amazing uh, event called Adventure Days just, just a couple weeks ago. I watched a chick who must have been about 5'2". She had her left foot on the peg on a 1200. And she had her right foot jumping along the side behind her body. And she was gunning it. She was starting the throttle. And then she just threw a leg over. I had never seen a mountain like that ever in my life. So I I was very impressed. Isn't that how they get on circus horses? I think so. (laughs) Daring. It was unbelievable. I wish I had a video camera. 5'2"? That's still taller than Claire, right? No, I know I know a lot of people who tripod it, though, you know, so don't 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 give up. You can tripod things, or just get a sidecar, in which case, who cares? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I, I shortened mine in anyway. Then uh, went to a dirt class. That's where Paul and I met. I still have my DRZ, and I absolutely love it. I have built that thing up for adventure rides because I'm, I'm big on getting out there, and, and I do enjoy the dirt, and that's what I love about the 400 because it zips along fine on the highway. You know, I'm, I'm cruising at 70 on that thing and then can just find an exit and a trail and off I'm running. And then Paul's GS falls over and goes, and you have to throw buckets of water on it to keep it until the tide comes back in. Oh, sorry. Hey, it's a whale. It yeah. is. It's a monster. Well, he just pushes, you know, the black menu button and the yeah, helicopter, helicopter shows up and lifts it. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, we are here to pick you up. <laughs> we understand you have fallen over. I, I just put a winch on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if it falls over, I can now winch it. Wrap a tree. Just wrap a tree. Yep. There you go. It'll pull the tree out. <laughs> Actually, that's a good way to segue. You guys are both editors for Adventure Motorcycle Magazine, right? Yes. Which is pretty cool. This is one of the magazines I read mm. in places. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it's it's one of the ones I like. It's very inspiring. That's actually this magazine is how I found out about Ara because mm. uh, there was oh, you know, I love uh, always articles about him in there or written by him. Oh, cool. So yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Can you talk a little bit about the magazine itself? Yeah, the magazine is actually the longest running uh, dual sport publication out there. It was started in the early nineties. Yeah, ninety four. Or, or even earlier than that. Ninety one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it's run through three publishers, and it's been both in print and digital. And when our current publisher, Carl Parker, took it over three years ago, it was only digital. And he has uh, run it back into print. And since he's had his hot little hands on it, it has really climbed. climbed. And we are so excited to be part of the team on it. Yeah, now we're constantly trolling the, the planet for people who have stories to tell. We, we tend to go through quite a bit of stuff in order to find the best stories. 
thank heavens for Facebook, I tell you. Yeah, so. Facebook is a big help too, yes. We're primarily after stories. Not, we don't really care so much about about what I did on day three and four and so forth. We want to kind of know how the people are reacting on the road, how they, they, they feel, what's, what the uh, psychological effects it's having on them and so forth. Yeah, we go for depth inside the, you know, the writer's minds, yes. you know, how it changed their life perspective, possibly any part of the journey that, that you know, the biggest part that really put them to test. Not only physically, but emotionally as well. We, so. we call them uh, helmet stories. Mm. That's pretty cool. So, but you, but 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 I I went I went I went to two hundred and sixty four miles on the third day, and I ate a cheeseburger. Yeah. Uh, no, that is usually no. not in there. That is usually You'll not never in there. find it. Yeah, yeah. Thank heavens. I gotta admit that a lot of people I've been trying to get on our show, I read about them first here. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you know, this is really cool. We need to talk to these people. Oh, that's great. I love that. That's- but it's usually a lot easier, I guess, you know, you guys, for you guys, because when I call them, they're like, wheel who? <laughs> Don't call here again. <laughs> hey, you guys, I have to tell you, it was so neat the other day. I had one of my customers ask for a skid plate for a Triumph Tiger. And I said, you know, I only make them for the DRZ right now. How'd you hear about it? And they said, God, we were just listening to one of your old radio interviews on site stand-up. I said, guess what? I have, I'm going to be on Wheel Nerds next week. And he says, oh, my gosh, I love Wheel Nerds. Shut up. Really? <laughs> You don't have to butter us up. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to do this interview no matter what. You guys are already buttered up, I'm sure. You know, that's the, that's the, the second mention we've had. I, I'm freaking out, man. <laughs> the, well, I'm going to the International Motorcycle Show this Friday in Long Beach. We get to meet you in person. Oh, you guys are going to be there too? We're going to be there. Oh, cool. I would love to. Yeah, they even gave me uh, the press credentials. Yeah, so I could Chuck, go on close the press your ears hours. for a second. Make, make sure to act like you're impressed by the press credentials because he's really, really proud of them. Shut up! Oh, then who made them? Who made them? Did you make them? <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just asked. Is it on a post-it note? <laughs> now, I, I will say that they got back to me so fast. Like, about 10 seconds after I hit submit, they mm-hmm. sent me back saying it was cool. So I'm pretty sure she didn't actually look at what I wrote. <laughs> blah, 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 podcast, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> so you've got a big spread with Eric coming up. Uh, any other cool, fancy things people should be looking for in the magazine coming soon? Well, we always cover the Dakar, and we have another... Oh, uh, a new, uh, just, uh, this new uh, issue that's on its way out now sort of concentrates on small CC bikes. Hmm. So, you know, guys that have gone around the, the planet on a Honda C90 and, and crazy things like that. It's, it's quite a story, actually. It's quite a, quite a fascinating story. Yeah. So, sissy bikes, bikes like a yeah. V-Strom or a Volusia or a Patrol. No, or, uh, what, what else do you ride, Todd? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the sissy bikes. Yeah, no, we're talking about 110 cc's. I mean, and 90s, very, very small, small bikes. Where there's only two throttle positions, closed and <laughs> wide open. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's some fun stories here, here to tell. Yeah, maybe some kids' big wheels in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> we have 
have an interview um, with, uh, with, with uh, Austin Vince. Which is actually uh, fantastic. We just love Austin. Yes. So. Yeah, I, I called it Mondo Enduro, the uh, torture porn movie of adventure motorcycling. It's no true. doubt about it's it. true, yes. What a great show that was. Yeah, we were just watching Terra Circa today, the second one. Well, you know, so, he, and he's out there right now doing his next one called yes. Mondo Sahara. Yes, he, he and the lads are back, and they're and they're in northern Africa. They laid a few little fun things about the, this trip, so it's not just simply them out there. They're they're, they're doing some cool stuff, but but that's going to come up in the story. Yeah, that's fun. Do they still count as lads? Well, I mean, in British. In, they're British. <laughs> they're always lads. In Britain, lads mean friends, you know, or mates, you know. Uh-huh. So it depends <laughs> how far north you are. Lads more Scots, mates is more south. So, Nicole, you mentioned that Carl, you know, really helped the magazine take off in the in the past few years. And that sort of describes the whole adventure motorcycle segment as a whole. It's You know, it seems like since the long way movie shows – you know, it's just, it's really blown up. Everyone's rolling out their copy of a GS. There's so many companies now getting into the aftermarket scene. You can literally just buy off the rack an adventure bike to go around the world, it seems now. Yeah, you know, and Long Way had me just frothing at the mouth. It got me going. Those guys, you know, so, sometimes they catch some flack because of the support that they had out there. But... They really, they set the pace. They were the pioneers, and because of them, they inspired a lot of people. A lot of people. And and what was fun is watching the behind the scenes on how they, you know, tricked out their bikes and what kind of kit they had to take on the road, and Mm -hmm. they, they kind of started the whole trend. And that's what's exciting. We are in the midst, the beginning of this industry and this huge uh, adventure world. We just went to this this big event that Jim Hyde put on with, uh, I don't know if you guys know Jim Hyde of Rawhide Adventures, but I'm writing an article on him and, and what he's all about right now. And it's just really the excitement of uh, where this industry is going. And Jim Hyde is actually helping us to get there. He's really quite the pioneer and he's taken the helm. And it's it's nice to have a leader like that. who He's another visionary who's who's really, we love to give those people support because we love to see where it's, that it's going in this direction, you know? Do you see our segment as being one that's good, that's not a fad? You know how like a few years back, everybody was into choppers, everyone was buying custom choppers. And a few years before that, there was the, you know, the waiting list to get your Harley Cruiser. Well, I, I'm, gonna te- I'm gonna tell you something because I see it as a way of life because it's, it's adventure. I think people are, are tired. And this comes up in, in my articles quite often. I think people are tired of the daily grind, you know, the overstimulation of technology. They're ready to kind of get out of the box. And th- this is by no means just a trend. This is definitely here to stay. There's another thing, too. And that's like with the, with what happened with choppers and all that stuff is that they became so stylized that no one would ride the damn thing. The adventure school is all about getting out there, seeing the planet, seeing the country, doing things with it. And if it gets crashes and so forth, all that much better. There's, there's, there's really almost nothing one can do wrong with an adventure bike. But they are designed to get out there and use, whereas the choppers are, are, are like sculptures. The, the Harley scene had become sort of like this club where one bar is to another charities and all this stuff so it's good good and bad and so forth but 
there's a lot of wannabes, and the wannabes get old, you know, and then hang out with friends and so, drink so, beer. So, so this is a whole different scene. I will say, in fairness, I do ride my adventure bike and then drink beer with friends a lot, but. Drinking beer is relevant to our interests. Yes. But I'm guessing ca- you guys drink beer more than just that time, though. Well. More often than that. Maybe. Uh. Well, here's the thing I see, though, is is much like you saw with the Harley segment with kind of the, the wannabes, it seems like, and we joke about it on the show, there's a lot of the kind of uh, adventure Starbucks stuff going on, too. Well, yes, uh, that's true. But one of the things that we've uh, n- noted is that the adventure crowd – it's not fixated on one age. Perhaps if there is any kind of a fixation, it would be the guys that can afford the really expensive bikes. But mm-hmm. the thing is, you don't need to have a very expensive bike to do this. So so we're seeing guys of all, I mean, literally coming in out of, out of school, jumping on a bike and going around the planet, or going to South America, whatever, as well as guys that are, that are in their 50s and so forth. I can understand why you see you liken that uh, the Starbucks uh, 1200 guys. I think they're just, they're afraid they're afraid to take them off road. They don't have the dirt skills yet, and they're afraid. I mean, that's a huge investment that they, they would be yes. dropping. So that I mean, that's where Jim Hyde's school training on these huge adventure bikes comes into play. He really. He gives these guys techniques to get out there and use the bike what it was made for. It's, it's actually an amazing school that he's got out there. Really, truly amazing school. I, I would like to go to that. Dude, mm-hmm. It looks pretty cool. I, I still am keeping my coffee holder, though. <laughs> well, I've, I've got the Buell golf bug bag <laughs> thingy, mm-hmm. you know. What I'm kind of worried about is, especially this year, it seems like a lot of companies have turned out a copy of the GS. You know, the mm. Triumph came out with the Explorer. Kawasaki did their Up Leader versus um, Suzuki even put a beak on the Strom. Oh, Suzuki's putting a beak on the Strom, and I'm wondering if it, if it, they're going to get into uh, a CC war like the Cruisers did. Well, I think that um, we pretty much know that once you're up there about 1,200, you're, you're at about the maximum weight. I mean, so I, I don't think, I mean, you know, they're, they're pushing around 1,300 now, and the trend has been to come down. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, there's more guys out there now with buying uh, 800s. I ended up buying a 650 uh, Versus instead of the 1200 Explorer I was originally looking at. It's a yeah. great bike. I, I just had one on the uh, East Coast, and I loved it. Yeah, that was our project bike for yeah. one of our issues. Yes, you guys need to do an update on that one since they've got the new Versus out, you know, the new model. Okay. I, w- I want to see an updated Versus project bike. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what to buy, damn it. Tell Carl. He'll yeah. be out there in a second. Yeah, he, he loves his. He loves that Versus. Yes. He could do mine. <laughs> but but anyway, there's a trend to go smaller and smaller. I mean, I think we're, we'll be seeing more and more um, 400s and so forth out on the road. Guys going the long way around on that stuff. Uh, there is definitely a trend there to, to go with the smaller bikes, a bike that you can handle better. Now, do you see that trend happening here in America? Because no, no, here in America everything's slow. But generally speaking, we're talking about a world trend, you know. Okay. Because you know? America, bigger is better. Bigger is better, baby. Well, yeah, and large. I want my, you know, Dude. quadruple heart attack burger Super on my super size. Well, and you know, I mean, we do have a huge country as well. So, I mean, the. the Bigger bikes are great for that. You, you say huge country as in they're corn fed. <laughs> <laughs> that too. I need a big bike to carry me around. It looked like a sissy on that. 
900. Like a bear on a tricycle. <laughs> the younger guys is primarily, of course, because they can also afford them, you see. So, so and, and I mean, because of people like Austin, who've shown them that you don't need to have a zillion dollar budget and you don't need to buy the, the top of the line panniers or anything else, they just get out there and do it. This is what's actually current. So there's 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 a number of different segments of the industry. Each one of them seems to be sort of marked by, by an age group. Cool. Well, make sure you check out ADV Moto Magazine. We've we got a lot of sites to plug, actually, for them. Oh, we've Lord. Got, we got AdventureMotorcycle.com for the magazine. About the trip, we have SidecarSafari.com. Keep up with them as they get ready for their around-the-world trip. And then Nicole has RuggedRider.com. That's your, uh, your supply. That's right. Aftermarket accessories. Right. Okay. So we'll put, we'll have all the links on the website to all those sites. Thanks for being with us, guys. This has been really cool. I love it. You guys are fun. All right. Taking the whole family around. That's pretty cool. Relentlessly upbeat, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Listener mail. Listener mail. Thomas writes us again, updating us on his bike hunt. Mm-hmm. He sent us an ad to a KTM 390 Duke and just says, crap, I want one. Crap, I want one. The rumored K390 Duke was unveiled in Milan today. 44 horsepower and less than 330 pounds fully fueled. Wow. Brembo brakes and works performance suspension for a complete package. This is a bike which just says, let's go around corners. <laughs> We're going around corners now! What else does it do? Stop asking questions! <laughs> Corners! <laughs> That's a pretty slick-looking bike. It is a pretty slick-looking bike. It probably rails around corners. Oh, well, yeah, here's a picture of it railing. Hey, look, it rails around corners. <laughs> Who knew? I'm getting a, a distinct sense of purpose for this bike. I think you could rail around corners on it. Wow, that's pretty cool. It handles extremely well, comes into its own whenever nimble agility is called for. Railing Such as railing corners. around corners. <laughs> okay, then. All right. The next one, we got a Facebook post. I was going to PM this question. Oh, here. by the way, Thomas, yeah, buy that bike. Yeah, get okay, it. Go. Let us run it. Jeffrey posted, I was going to PM this question to you, but decided to post it here as a topic. I've been looking at the Aerostitch Falstaff for almost a year now, nearly pulled the trigger and bought one prior to our two-week Quebec trip. What stopped me, though, is that I can't get past Aerostitch's mention of abrasion protection as the abrasion resistance of wax cotton, when compared to the Cordura of Durian, is better than you'd think. That doesn't really inspire confidence. I know wax cotton won't hold up on gnarly tarmac as well as leather or even good woven nylon, but the description's kind of evasive when it comes to addressing its actual abrasion resistance. How so? How safe do you feel in it? My original intention for getting it was commuting. If I go down during my commute, it'll probably be at low speeds anyhow, and abrasion resistance isn't too much of a factor. It looks like it would be a great adventure touring jacket as well, so I'd be tempted to take it on trips. I just don't want to shell out 450 bucks, only to never wear it because I don't feel safe in it compared to my other jackets. What say you, fellow traveler of two wheels? Well, first of all, you'll be shelling out 500 bucks because you will want the back protector. Yeah. <laughs> Get that. Everything I've read says the abrasion resistance of wax cotton is about on par with mesh. Okay. So not impressive, but sufficient for normal road usage. How about I drag you behind my car? Pass. I like the jacket. <laughs> I can't replace it. It's too expensive. It's for our listeners. Mm. For the listeners. Screw them. <laughs> no, uh, Jeffrey, I think you should buy the built Iron Workers denim hoodie jacket. Mm-hmm. $430. Mm. You look cool. <laughs> uh, I, I feel pretty safe in it in general. The jacket's really substantial. The armor is really good. Okay. I feel pretty safe in it. I, I don't feel any less safe than I do in like my uh, my textile tour master jacket, the one that Charlie crashed in and which blew all its seams pretty much instantaneously. <laughs> 
So, you know, I, there's something to be said for quality of manufacturing. Yes, it's not the most abrasion-resistant material, but it's damn substantial. Mm. So, you know, for a road, you're mostly worried about armor anyway because it's impacts that are going to get you on the road. Yeah. It's not sliding forever. Really, yeah. Sliding isn't good too, though. <laughs> Sliding's good too, but realistically, how much are you going to slide? The answer is not a whole hell of a lot. Man, I, I just got these pictures in my head of those. Yep. This, this is a sanding belt. Watch what it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, right. Oh, so, yeah, you feel, you feel good. I feel good in it. Yeah. I, I, you, know, like, you feel good for the 500 bucks. Yeah, I do. Okay. It's an amazing jacket. I really want the pants that go with it. I just can't begin to afford them. Right. Although I will say that I've been riding around in my one-piece suit lately because it's damn cold. And uh, riding without a full one-piece suit in the cold sucks. <laughs> and there it is. Yep. Uh, next, we've got Randall who won our uh, – Our billy contest. Our billy contest. And I finally got around to sending him his prize. Prize with the air quotes you can hear. <laughs> he wrote back. Hey, Chuck and Todd, I just received my billy pack full of adventure Adventure. supplies and I'm really stoked. Or I had a stroke, not sure. Uh, I hadn't even opened the adventure Adventure. sandwich yet. I hope they didn't go bad or worse. I plan to take the adventure adventure cheese with me as a road tub of grease for axles or vandalism and other mayhem. Now I have a reason to be thankful. Luckily, the spark plug might actually fit my KLR. If not, I'm sure I can make it fit. I own a KLR. All free parts fit. Enjoy your holiday. <laughs> spark plug? I, I sent the uh, one to Buell's spark plug and also the coil pack. They're both cursed. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor man. <laughs> so he's KLR and I say he'll figure out a way to make it work. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Randall got a whole box full of goodies from us. Oh, dude, free sandwich, bro! <laughs> free sandwich, free canned cheese. Uh, <laughs> not not the not the spray cheese. Mm-hmm. This is a can of cheese. A can of adventure. Adventure cheese. cheese. Adventure cheese. Why is it adventure cheese? Because I wrote adventure on it with a marker. <laughs> And it's in a can. Makes sense. Therefore, it must be adventure cheese. The sandwich is in a can, and I also wrote adventure on it. With them. I might have misspelled adventure. Uh, you never know. I have to say, I, I was missing the booze maker. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I sent him the booze maker, too. Yeah, you sent him my booze maker, and I had I had half a thing of cider, and I was like, oh, where's that booze maker? Damn it! I wrote adventure on it. I feel a little better now. <laughs> yeah, well, don't feel too bad. He also got my uh, my can cooler. That was classy. Yeah, I said wheel nerds. I didn't write adventure on it. Mm-hmm. It's implied because that is wheel nerds. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll look for we'll look for a, a sweet picture of you uh, sporting your wheel nerds prizes. I'm curious about the cheese. Let me know how that tastes. <laughs> we live in abject fear of the cheese. <laughs> Kelsey sent us a picture of a dog riding in the back of a bike. Uh, yeah, because you know Aro was, was mm-hmm. against that idea. And yeah, he that was, he was pretty defensive about that, and that mm-hmm. gave me second thoughts about. Well, he's right on a lot of levels with it. I mean, the well, dog yeah, if you is go over what you... quite poorly protected when you go over. Yeah, so you know, but people uh, do it. People it, do it. I've, I've thought about doing it. Yeah, people do all kinds of things. Dogs have good reflexes, right? They'll just jump out. Your dog? Yeah. Fargo, he's a dog. <laughs> In the strictest sense of the word, yes. He has four legs. He could also be described as a football. Fur and barks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have good reflexes In mm-hmm. on their feet. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, I should probably get a psycho. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's the way to go. Uh, our last email comes from Justin. 
Just found your show and I enjoy it a lot. Found it in my search for a bike version of Car Talk. Mm. It would be awesome if people could call or email technical questions provided you know technical stuff. Knock yourself out. But an even better idea, um, you guys are talking about mics and speakers and the underutilized GoPro cameras. Get the mics and do a video show from the road. Yeah, we tried that. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. This week, even as you're listening to this, Todd Willing, hmm. um, the International Motorcycle Show is going on in Long Beach, and I'll be there with uh, hopefully a lot of gear to try to get some stuff. Go forth and find Chuck and get stickers from him. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be the dude in a wheel nerd shirt. I plan to be there Friday and Saturday, and I'll have extra stickers if you can find me and, and buy me a hot dog. Please get him some food. I'm hungry. He gets so hungry. Hot dog. Female listeners, if you want to write adventure anywhere, he'll do that too. Oh, you think they'll ask that? Male listeners, if you want to write adventure anywhere. Oh, you think they'll ask that? <laughs> <laughs> so what have you learned this week, Chuck? I've learned people actually listen to us. I've learned I need to keep using your daughter to make you buy things. <laughs> and that's how we got time for this week. Until next week, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.